tonight, a dramatic finish on the mountain. And a protest means it's not over yet. Record crowds for the return of the A-League. Not everyone was happy. A win for the Wallabies, just what the doctor ordered. Maybe not this doctor. Is Australian cricket in free fall? Raw emotion at the Phil Hughes inquest. And Australian basketball's favourite son, Kings coach Andrew Gaze, is our special guest. Nothing gets past us here on the back page line. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think we were not strong enough, but we just beat the world. Their sixes are gold. I got punched in the back of the head regularly. It was just unfortunate it was from a coach. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Still with you all the way through to the end of the year. Sport doesn't stop, and neither do we. How else could we gainfully employ Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock? Hello, and welcome to you both. And on this side, Ryan Fitzgerald alongside Adam Spencer. The footy season's welcome. over. Is there anything to talk about, Tony? No, that's the end of the show. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go on holidays? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, we're going all the way. Before we get started, though, uh, life is busy. Obviously, we understand it can be difficult to balance exercise, having a bit of dinner, a little drink, while also uh, finding the time to watch this program. Well, we've found the solution for you, and here it is. Uh, look, it's a terrific idea. <laughs> it's a treadmill that includes his side table and the chair. It's hard work, the hot work. Uh, there he goes. And the knees are getting a nice workout there. And... Just a little freshener and away you go. That's how, I, that's how I envisage every back page viewer. Like <laughs> that sums up this whole show, isn't it? Like you want to get into sport, yes. but then you also want to enjoy it. That's exactly what it's like. Gee, look, I really, really hope some good comes out of this uh, new inquest into the tragic death of Philip Hughes. Two days in, though, it, it appears to be all pain. Crash Craddock, is there gain somewhere in this? Absolutely not. I, I don't believe there will be one thing of benefit comes out of this Seriously. for the Hughes family or, indeed, the game of cricket. There's poor old Doug Bollinger there. Oh. Tony, I'll just say it straight. The, the tone of questions asked to cricketers in this inquiry were, A, meaningless be really nasty and unnecessary. I mean, there's two things we all agreed about the Phil Hughes death. One was it was no crime about it. Yep. And two, there was no mystery. The threads were all tied. Oh. It, it had been investigated to the nth degree. And it did not... Like, here's a small thing. An umpire finally came up to give evidence today after all these allegations against short balls by... And I'm going to kill you, comments allegedly made by Doug Bollinger. And the umpire said... No, it was all fine. He should have been on the witness stand at 10.05 yesterday morning mm. and then no-one else is needed. He is the independent adjudicator. Like, the whole thing could have been handled like that. I, I guess it's such an unusual and, and freakish death that the inquest has to ensure that we don't want to see this happen ever again. But it's, it's really hard... I find it hard to comment on because it's such a difficult, sensitive issue. You've got a family that's still desperately grieving and, I would assume, still searching for answers. So that's why they are turning up every yep. day to see if they can find that answer in this process. But, but one I, of the quotes I, I read in the, the paper, cricketers. One so. of the quotes I read in the paper said rightly that even if the entire slips court had been world-class trained professionals, nothing could have been done. No. It's well, just well, tragic, one and a whatever number you want to put on at odds, but, there was nothing that could have been done. But, Adam, I, I get the investigation just to see whether something could have been done. Did the ambulance arrive quick enough? Do you need a defibrillator at the game? That's fine. But the game of cricket, like, he faced, I think, 20 short balls out of 160... 
That's the game of cricket. But he and, was hitting it to all parts as well. Yeah, he was on 70-odd. Yeah. And, and, and sorry to be brutal about it, but the ball which actually did the damage, Philip was through his shot. It wasn't pace that got him. He'd actually finished it. So, and, and you know what? If, he, if there had been a plan to bowl short to him, that's standard fare. If he had shown any vulnerability against it and they then upped the short pitch bowling, that's standard fare. And, and yeah. I just feel sorry for these cricketers to have to go through it because, hey, they were just playing a game of cricket. I'm sure they might have been targeting him, but they would never, ever have intended for this to happen. And, and really, it's just a tragedy all round. Oh, it is. And things are blown out of context. The, man, the amount of times over the years you've seen that famous old footage of a guy in the 70s saying, I'm going to hit you there. Yeah. Mm. I spoke to a fast bowler today who said... You know, 50 times you reckon he said to Black, I'm going to knock your block off. You know, it's, it's the theatre of the game, you know. Yeah. You put any sport into what is like a, a court situation and it comes across or can come across looking ugly, no matter what sport it is, mm. surely. Uh, and I can't see, as you say, what gain we have from that. All right, Australia, uh, the one-day world champions. You bet we are. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish that sentence finished there. Sadly, it doesn't. Uh, they're in a horrible spot. Just uh, another loss away from their worst series result ever. Ever. Now, I'm suddenly interested in this series. I wasn't before, but we can break a world record here. <laughs> yeah, because un unfortunately, up until now, the players have looked about as interested as the public have been. Correct. But it's getting very serious all of a sudden. This is the worst we've ever been. And each time you watch a game and go, oh, well, we failed to defend 860 or something. We can't go any worse next game. Oh, yeah, we can. Yeah. We really have to review these tours away and how much they mean to the country because, like you said, Crash, is that we're bringing in third-strike bowling attacks. You know what I mean? Like, it's... And obviously, the summer here in Australia is vital to us, but I, I don't know, it, does a tour like this, is this giving us enough grounding going into a tour like that? I don't think it is. We've been caught with our pants down because South Africa, who, uh, with AB de Villiers on the sidelines, are thinking, oh, we're nowhere near Australia, going to Perth in a few weeks, suddenly they're getting a bit of a sniff and getting a bit excited, you know? We picked a bad team there, Fitzy. We rested Stark and Hazelwood. We went in with our third stringers, and despite all the sports science... We've got five guys injured. This resting philosophy, Cal, my goodness me. You know, is it ever going to work? Sports, science and cricket, I don't reckon they go together at all. What about the patron... I think maybe this patronising song from the South African crowd sort of sums it up. Have a listen. It had a nice upbeat ending. And the, and the great thing they did, they did it with the South African batting. They only needed 12 runs off 95 balls, so he could just let that go. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, dude, it's, I might it's just like, block out 10 of I know. It's like Joffa with a gold jacket. They <laughs> knew it was in the bag. I'm not sure if that kind of summed it all up or Adam Zampa's, this catching attempt from Adam Zampa, who's been a, a terrific young cricketer, but it kind of sums it up, doesn't it, Crash? Is this the easiest catch oh. you've ever seen oh. an Australian fieldsman oh. drop? I mean, it was... The commentators just had this little bit of air where they were speechless, they couldn't believe it. And need could some of the support stuff. There's poor old Ryan Harris, the bowling coach, who uh, was composed in, in, in... You could throw anything at Ryan on the field, he was composed. They were devastated. But, yeah, standards have slipped over there. It's, it's, it's been a horrible but tour. But we talk about it. We do have a lot of bowlers who are here who aren't available. The, the batters obviously let us down in that last, last game. They have a game to kind of retrieve something. But where are we for the team that was World Cup winners? Well, there's been so much mixing and matching. A lot of them are gone now, you know. Yeah. And, and we still use this experimental thing overseas. But 
we treat these tournaments with disdain and they don't come onto your radar until we lose and suddenly people do care. But... But that's the thing. That's the thing with scheduling, isn't it? I mean, this isn't do or die. What does it mean to us? So are the coaches and those in charge saying, OK, let's blood some youth, let's get some younger guys in to try and experience, and then as a result... But it smashes use, their confidence. It is a useless... Uh, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, we couldn't defend 371 with a bowling attack, you know what I mean? We need Stark, Hazelwood. I mean, these players are We're obviously really... resting for the summer in Australia, but... Yeah. What's Josh Hazelwood doing? Well, He's got he, his wasn't feet up. Even, he wasn't even allowed to play in Sydney uh, on the weekend because he'd been ruled out of a tour through resting and it's a bad look to play again. Like, it's crazy. We've got... Well, but we've got kids like Pat Cummins who is on the comeback trail and, you know, that's great. But Pat's played one test in five years mm. and I think there's an interesting stat coming up. Within about a year, he will have earned more money out of the game than Alan Border, who played 156 tests. Wow. You What's know. Alan Border ever done for the game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Wade, at least he had a bit of a go uh, and not just with a bat. He got 50-odd, which was terrific, but he also didn't mind having to try to run into Shamsi, the bowler here. Just get, look, I run straight at you. You love that kind of stuff. He's niggly, isn't he? He is. Apparently, the South Africans have completely and utterly had a gutful of him, and it's been building up for over about four games. Now, Shamsi, the little left-arm spinner there, is small... Even though he's a spinner, he's got the fast bowler's temperament, and he said, guess what, fellas? I've had enough of this bloke. And so they really went at it. But it's... Wade's got to watch himself. That's a bad look. Is he... Shamsi more annoying than the guy that sells Sham Wow? He could be right up there. It's much of a muchness. All right, Crash, I know that you were happy with the decision to drop Glenn Maxwell. We saw Adam Zampa's catch. At least he would have given something in the field. This is from the Matador Cup. What about this effort? Here is on the boundary... Yeah. And gets the ball in. The catch doesn't oh. go up down under his name. But that's extraordinary, isn't it? It's extraordinary, not, not just for the, his wow. imagination and brilliance, but have a look at his poise to know wow. where the rope was. Yeah. He went right back to, to... It was centimetre perfect, as they say. Very few blo blokes could do that. And I think he practices and he actually thinks about it. So yeah. He had so much control. He almost threw it too far yeah. for yeah. his mate to come in to help. Unbelievable. Extraordinary field. All right, fast bowlers often get an extra drink uh, down on the boundary between overs. Uh, I, I like this idea, though. You've got the big ham and cheese toasty waiting for you. Uh, you've bowled a couple of overs. You're Queenslander. Straight. Justin Stearns, yeah. Marcus. What a great well, idea. We do that all the time in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's old news, because some of the sprays that I got from Rodney Eat over the years, he had a lot of shit sandwiches. <laughs> 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 had to keep chilling. I can't have one show without him. Football season's <laughs> over. Football season's <laughs> over. No, it's not, Tony. <laughs> I have seen the future and he looks a lot like the glorious past. I'm talking about Steve War's son, Austin War. He hit another 100 in the National Under-17s Championship. Look at this shot. Mm -hmm. Is that not just Stephen War right there? He walks like him. He talks like him. His shirt hangs out the back like him. He adjusts yep. his pads like him. <laughs> and uh, look at this. That, yep. that, that's an SR wall right there. And a red hanky is done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love the, the way that Steve Waugh's older son is called Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so Steve Waugh, isn't it? <laughs> it is brilliant. The, the fascinating thing is with these guys, much like the Marsh boys, Steve went through a stage where he got other coaches to give Austin messages because, hey... No one listens to their dad. No. Like it's the old-fashioned dad. You when did you retire? Two oh three. Oh seriously. So who's under more pressure? Austin being compared to Steve because it's going to start as of now, or when the brothers were playing, Steve being compared to Mark? Definitely the twins. They they copped it 
day after day, innings after innings oh. for 17 years. And we were all part of it. And, 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 and we drove them to, to wit's end. But I reckon the path's been cleared for Austin. I reckon... Soon, much like Mitchell Marsh, when we see Mitchell, we don't think, oh, he's Jeff's son. Eventually, you just become your own player. But Mark and Steve, their similarities, their differences, they copped it for 20 years. The story is that when they set the record, they had a partnership of 464 for New South Wales against WA. They walked back into the sheds, took off their pads. One of them just looked at the other and said, played. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about the story when Steve made the ton off the final ball and Mark wasn't even there? He yeah, went yeah. out to the trucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're the funniest old things. Even now, you try. I remember saying to like they just go their separate ways. I remember saying to Mark once, "I can never find Steve," and he goes, "No, neither can I." <laughs> I said, What's the best way? You know, like... <laughs> I have a nomination right here for Father of the Year. You, you, you tell the wife, "Look, you, you stay at home and rest. I'm going to take oh, the kids to the big. cricket." Uh, he comes the ball. He comes the dad. It's not as bad as it looks. It's just a glancing blow off the hat uh, for the, the daughter. But look, oh, 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 I'm trusting the sun's got in his eyes at the last moment. My, my old man would never do that. He would have used me as a shield. How to go the cricket? No, good. Nothing to see. It was all went very, very well, darling. Yeah, thanks. To Bathurst. And don't you love it when a day-long 1,000k race finishes with a gap of 0.14 seconds between first and second. That's how close Will Davison's win of uh, Shane Van Gisbergen was. When I say win, uh, it's not official just yet, but it was a great moment for him as he came around that uh, last corner. The car coughed and ran out of petrol. It really was, wasn't it? And we're still... <laughs> Uh, waiting for the result of the race. There's the shoey. Double shoey. Oh, but, uh, oh. but, Adam, what about that? Like, I can imagine the Melbourne Cup. Uh, it, it, there's no date yet set for the, the protest hearing, so it just floats in thin air, doesn't it? So, Two words, un-Australian. Yeah. Mm. How can you not know the result of Bathurst? How, how many days afterwards? Yeah. And, and, and no closing date on it? Yeah. And, and it's all because of this. Jamie Wincup, though, uh, he probably knew it wasn't his day, but this is the incident. Look at this. He goes around and, and Wincup does a little bit of push and shove. Uh, away they go. And then, of course, it's a tangle when they get back on. Oh. Uh, looks even better when they go through the advertising hoardings. It was... I, I, I tweeted, I said, there's more carnage on the track than there is at the Portaloos at... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just brilliant to watch. But, see, after that, you know, there wasn't much of a race after that. You know, that was the big moment. Well, 15 seconds, obviously, uh, pushed him back to 11th place. Uh, and as we know, the protest, no date set to know exactly what's going to happen. Jamie Winkup, though, he, he knew it wasn't his day. Quite early, he was part of a parade uh, to honour Bathurst legend Peter Brock. <laughs> there he is in the Monaro. They're driving some of Brock's most famous cars. <laughs> I forgot to fill it up. <laughs> <laughs> he stops on the track. The rest of them go... He didn't even get in the official photograph with the rest of the well, it's just unfortunate, too, that part of the mountain as well. He had to get out, shotgun a can and get a girl pregnant. So, <laughs> uh, that's just the rules it's up there. It's a tough area. Panorama. But you know with the days where they used to have lunch in the glove box? Like, the bloke would be steering with one wheel, then go... And you'd see him grab an egg and lettuce sandwich. And that's, that's serious. Craig Lowndes loves, still talks about 
Is you the know, egg and lettuce sandwich serious? That's what they were eating. I think so. <laughs> what, what, what an egg and lettuce sandwich tastes nice after about eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the fumes in that oh. car, you wouldn't want to let one go. You should blow the whole thing up. <laughs> Top start for the A-League, particularly with crowd numbers. Really good news. Sydney Derby had a record almost 62,000 at ANZ Stadium. Killer. This Brilliant. is uh, just super impressive, especially when you consider that the NRL and AFL finished their seasons with such good vibes. Yeah. So for the A-League to come in and start with a bang is just a, a huge win for them this weekend. And I guess the challenge for them now is to sustain it throughout yeah. the season. That That is certainly... The, you know, they've got to make the most of this. It's sort of this window they get before yeah. the cricket season starts. Some great um, goals there from Sydney FC. 4-0, that's the other thing. This this big derby mm. and there's some real passion in the Sydney derby and that was an absolute pantsing by Sydney FC. Four dot. You do. And you got for the Wanderers, though, you've got to look at the positives. Only one flare was let off. Mm. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not a bad start of the yeah, year. Yeah, look, there is. It was a great atmosphere and just, as you say, uh, one went. That They had, of course, they'd been suspended. Uh, there was a suspended... Three a 12-month suspended oh, sentence, three-point yeah. and $50,000 fine as well. Which hasn't... What's happening there? That, yeah, well, that doesn't look suspended. unlike a flare to No, me. indeed. It's been extended, obviously, so you'd imagine next flare... Uh, it's like me talking to my son, Harry, the next time you do it. I'm really grounding you next time, Harry. But... So what happens if we get to the end of the season and, and they let off another flare and they're deducted the three points yep. and it costs their team a spot in the finals? I mean, does that actually well, That will be stop... justice, Kelly. But does it stop the idiots? I mean, all the, what about all mm. the good fans that go along and, and they get to, they miss out as a result? The what's players your, what's miss your, what's out. What's your alternate plan? Well, that, um, that's my hypothetical question to you. I mean, what's the best way to deal with them? Because they've got no respect for their club. They've got no respect for the game. Well, and is it going have, to continue They have respect the for their club. That's the thing. Not, I, not if their club mm. is being threatened with losing three points. Well, it'd be interesting now because they've been given the big warning Absolutely. now. If it happens again... Well, well I mean, yeah, that's, what's the next move? Yeah, they certainly couldn't first game of the season do that, given there was so much positive. And it is a single flare. Give them the benefit of the doubt and uh, let's hope that doesn't happen again. All right, the season open uh, uh, was much closer on the Friday with Brisbane Raw mm. waiting till the 96-minute to scramble an equaliser against victory. And it's one of those... Look, it just went everywhere here, uh, Adam. This, it... Amazing, isn't it? Your 96th minute season opener. There oh, you go. And yeah. it hangs in the air for an eternity and that keeper's <laughs> in that position of, there is nothing I can do. Can this just hurry up, please? <laughs> Back of the net. Wow. How good is that club? I mean, they've done that for years. It's a Absolutely. culture that started with Ange Postacoglu, John Aloisi carrying it on that... Never that say sort of die. thing Man United had in the EPL for a while there, that they will just keep coming at you and coming at you and almost always grab one in the last few minutes. All right, uh, let's go to the Netherlands. Uh, the degree of difficulty with this goal, I'm saying, is off the chart. Uh, not one, not two, but three nutmegs. Have a look. Yeah, uh, yeah this is great. That's got to count too. Yeah. That has <laughs> got to count too. The what? triple nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost the keeper is... I'm playing the yeah, keeper. I'm nutmeg. playing the keeper. Quadruple nutmeg. That's tunnel ball, isn't it? it, it is. Three, three, three and a half. Three and a half. It is the best goal of the weekend by a long way. All right, authorities uh, make a point of tracking down people who avoid paying child support. Fair enough, too. Uh, but what about Enna Valencia? He uh, who went down with altitude sickness uh, during Ecuador's win over Chile. Now, he's there and he's being treated uh, by... He's taken off... Note the police, the authorities, following the medical buggy as he leaves the stadium, just in case he gets away, in case it's an elaborate ruse. 
to leave the ground and the country. Looks like an episode of Current Affairs. Dad. If it's child support, it's more home and away. <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. But there he goes. He uh, is all above board and tickety-boo as we speak. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for the weekly Keeper Fail. I love this. Love it even more when Boz is here. This is uh, just <laughs> wonderful work. Here he comes. Doesn't even bobble. Oh. Straight through oh. into the net. The other angle bad. shows you. It just slides oh. it <laughs> perfectly it under the ball. As well yeah, put. Oh. Not at all happy. All right. When you're playing professional sport, uh, you don't want to talk about taking social drugs. When you finish playing and you're promoting your biography, uh, well, it's worth its own chapter, really. <laughs> <laughs> Collingwood's Dane Swan has admitted he dabbled with uh, illegal drugs during his career. Is that a, a huge shock for you, Kel? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so, Tony. I mean, there's been rumours swirling around uh, for a long time about Dane Swan, and we all know footy players, some footy players take illicit drugs. If you um, read the research that's publicised uh, annually, so nothing new. It doesn't really set a good example. If Dane Swan was sitting here, he would probably argue that he didn't play footy to set an example, but I would have thought the AFL would be concerned with that. More so what message it sends to the younger, more impressionable players. Does it give them a green light to say, well, hey, if a Brownlow medalist and a premiership-winning AFL player can do it and still have a good career, maybe I can do it as well. How, Kel? How do they get away with it? Remember Andrew John spoke of taking illicit drugs for a large portion of his career, never tested positive. The same with Swan. Like, do they duck and dive? And Ben Cousins, absolutely. Yeah. And he spoke candidly about that in Melbourne while on his book tour and promoting it, that he was deliberate and that they look ahead in the calendar and when I've got some days off where I can go to ground. And, look, it's obviously... It's a... It's a um, high-pressure environment and yeah. players are entitled to let off steam. And they're not unlike a lot of young men or young That's people right. in the community. Exactly. Yeah. Let's not forget, though, that I guess what they're doing, by admitting that, it's illegal. Yeah, yeah indeed. Illegal. And the other thing they've got to be very careful of, as a couple of uh, Dane's former teammates found out, some recreational drugs that people take that are cut with other things and then yeah. you run the risk of suddenly... Turns out you weren't just taking yep. this. Yep. There was 2% of something that's on the banned substance list and you're gone for a couple of years having not consciously known you were breaking the drug rules. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kel, I, I hate to say it, but the love fest uh, between Bulldogs Luke Beveridge and Bob Murphy uh, was bound to hit the rocks. Uh, Bob's <laughs> didn't want the medal after all. Uh, he gave it back to Luke. Uh, said, you know, here, keep your medal. He returned what, what, the, this. He returned so he the job medal. He's going to put it in a museum. I'm not sure if it's a museum of contemporary art that he's uh, offered. No, no, the museum is the Western Bulldogs Museum, right. which is at Witten Oval, and you can go along and... See a trophy from 1954 <laughs> and that medal. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, there's two things there now. The other thing as well, Robert Murphy, right, you also, you've won the Premiership this year. He's coming back from a knee injury. It's, it's given him more drive and determination to get back into that side. He knows now that they can win a Premiership. Mm. And he could be the captain holding up the, the, the cup for real next year. So that gives him more determination. And the other thing was, Bevo eventually decided to go to the museum because he'd, he'd spent days trying to work out which umpire to give it to. And he just... <laughs> 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 oh, I did. There was one moment in the second. <laughs> I did like this post on Twitter, though. Uh, if you have a look at it, I did really like. I think got you know Bob Murphy has also decided to give his denim jacket. Back to <laughs>
They love a denim jacket, the Western Bulldogs. Oh, the that, coach huh? wears one and a couple of other players rocking up to Mad Monday. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> all right, uh, you'll all be aware Jimmy Bartell shaved his beard last week because he'd grown it throughout the season for charity. It was an amazing bit of work. Took some time to get it off. That is the best beard oh. ever. Very Ned Kelly, isn't he, it? He sort of went from the hipster Bondi beard to a bushranger very quickly, didn't he? Yeah. Well, his son had never seen him without the beard and wasn't quite sure. Have a listen. No touch. It's me, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so short. It's Dad, Dad. <laughs> Dad, Dad. Look who's looking where my beard was. No, oh, it's Daddy. It's Daddy. It's Daddy. It's just, it's just refreshing that it's not just Collingwood babies who can't recognise their father. Well played. Uh, look, I'll see you one cute AFL son and raise you a cute. NRL father-son. Billy Slater took to social media to praise his son and little mate for helping him through a year of rehab. That's his son, yeah. Jake, wow. who's got him through the year. These are gorgeous pics as well. So, from Jimmy and Aston to <laughs> Billy and Jake. <laughs> oh, true. Look at this one. <laughs> yeah, that is so uh, What are we, fast forward 16, 17, 18 years, they'll both probably be playing. Just absolutely. I was going to say, because when he's about 14, it's going to be very tough to get him to do that sort of rehab with you. <laughs> <laughs> now you're embarrassed. Right. <laughs> All right. So many words have been used to describe Rebecca Wilson over the past few days. Fearless, ferocious, brave, unique, competitive, strong. And they all fit beautifully. But the words that best sum up Beck to me are warm, generous, loving and gut-bustingly funny. Uh, we were work partners for a long time on television and radio and the best of mates. She was real. What you saw on the telly or heard on the radio was what you got, a rashadi at the pub or a very, very long lunch. Uh, only difference was the level of swearing. She <laughs> did love to swear. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we did a debate before a Swans game once and we had to argue that uh, whether it was during a World Cup year yeah. and whether soccer football or AFL football was really the divine form of football. And in a very, you know, very sort of almost black tie gathering, <laughs> Beck's gratuitous use of the F-bomb got <laughs> untouchable. <laughs> that was just to get in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tony, I always enjoyed uh, on radio with you, like, the, the combination, and it was just funny, like, Beck, you'd be talking about someone at Beck and say, that guy's a chipperer, and Tony in a Tony way would go, oh, I mean, I, that word, I mean, I don't know if you sort of go that far, you know what I mean? Yeah. You try and, and, and <laughs> yes, pull her back a bit, didn't loved, you? loved to fight, and I just loved to be loved, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But she was. The great thing about Rebecca is that when we used to call her, you know, like Stance with a Fist and Dances with Wolves, her, her, her name was Speaks Before Thinks. She, <laughs> <laughs> she would just get straight into whatever it was without any fear or favour. But, you know, she had an amazing brain. And, you know, just listening to her argue uh, and maintain the argument for years was, <laughs> was brilliant. She didn't mind a feud. And I was there the night with you when uh, she had that debate with, with Adam and I guess from my perspective, Tony, having met her a few times through you, I mean, she's a pioneer. She yeah. paved the way for someone like me to be able to sit here with you guys now and be able to do my job. So you can't ever take that away from her and, uh, and I mean, she never really let what anyone said or what anyone thought 
get in the way of her doing her job and, and she earned a lot of respect for yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And, look, she copped a lot of abuse for what she wrote and she wrote opinions and she certainly got on the wrong side of a lot of people. But, you know, that kind of that social media thing as it grew on, she was proud that she had a reaction. Obviously, some of the horrible stuff was, you know, the kind of the social, you know, that version of the coward punch. But she worked through it absolutely it tough, brutally. Tough. Tough. But she, tough, tough, but tough. warm. That warm and sweet woman. Rebecca was always late. Um, always calling uh, to say, I'm on my way, Gibbera. Now, tragically, she's managed to get somewhere early, far, far too early. Wherever it is, it's much more fun for her being there. We'll be back soon. Second in the yeah. <laughs> glorious second uh, for the Wallabies after beating Argentina at Twickenham. Mm. New Zealand, of course, hammered South Africa to remain undefeated. Gee, it's good news for us uh, after that. We now, of course, get to play the All Blacks at Eden Park. Uh, <laughs> is, is, isn't this a great clash of traditional rivals, Australia versus Argentina? Yes. I'm still not sure why it's at Twickenham, but uh, there it was. But a win is a win. Oh, it was. The problem was it came on Fox Sports after we just watched South Africa put 57 points against... Sorry, the All Blacks, the All Blacks points, put yeah. 57 points on South Africa. So it was like watching Bruce Springsteen and then turning over to the Wiggles. You know what I mean? We, we, we sort of did our best. But, yeah, it, it's tough. And uh, in a couple of weeks' time at Eden Park... Well, the All Blacks, uh, the last time an Australian team beat them there, the captain was Andrew Slack, who's just retired at age 60 from Channel 9 in Brisbane. And every time we play the All Blacks at Eden Park, Slacky, I know you're watching the show. We ring up, mate, what's the secret this year? And Slacky will help us out with a column. But <laughs> we ring him every top. So it's just so hard to win there. Man, oh, man. I think we got him this year. Nick Phipps uh, copped a penalty and a warning for shoving the Pumas team doctor. Yeah, look, he was just trying to get the ball. I'm not what sure the doctor's going for the ball anyway. Is that an over-the-top oh, reaction? Good little push. Yeah. I reckon they got that dead right. A warning was all it needs. It was a bit cheeky, but 
medical staff on the field touching a football. I mean, imagine if AFL. Like, it doesn't happen, does it? No. Get out of the road. Get out of the road, Crash, which yeah. is a really good segue, segue, Sam, because that brings us to this week's top five examples of dodgy medical intervention. Oh, great. Yeah. We start with the doctor who turned up to a cycling accident and, and arrives in a nice car and then causes another one by, uh, yeah, open the door. Oh. I love his reaction. He gets that, oh, is that the guy I'm here to shoot? No. Oh, look, I'm sports. Well, that's a problem. Yes, right. oh. I'll check this bloke out. No, number four. Look, when the stretcher bearers turn up, that normally means you're being helped from the field safely. Unless it's very swiftly. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're now married, those yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> and when they get him to the sideline, I think we'll just dump him here. <laughs> See, it was bad enough for him. Uh, he's having a bad day, that guy. Oh, is he? These stretch barriers. Oh, 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 no, yeah. no. 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 Injury. You no. Hurt. And look where your head ends up. Oh, no, uh, no. No, it's <laughs> 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 real. Can you feel that? Can you feel that? It's just oh. interesting medical attention oh. on the sideline. Yeah, is that... Oh. Okay, this little piggy cried. <laughs> <laughs> Prompt medical attention is sometimes not good medical attention. Oh. Oh. That's an automatic red card. It it studs yeah, up. Studs up. Oh. <laughs> and at number one, uh, look, this is, as you mentioned, Crash, medics who thought they were goalkeepers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> See, there was a bit of a reaction. <laughs> Have my life saving drugs. I haven't seen a medic from that far since Stephen Deck. <laughs> this guy, you head up. Same thing again. <laughs> And, of course, he gets the not the green card for fair sportsmanship. Oh, there he goes. Beautiful work. Great intervention from the medical fraternity. Uh, I'm not sure how genuine this referee's need for a doctor was at the weekend, uh, but he did go down. Uh, you can see... Here he comes. The, uh, yeah, he goes through. The ball comes out. See the referee in the back gown? He's hit. Oh, oh, no. I love the overreactions of, an, of a ref. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, shot. Hey. Down oh. I go. <laughs> Lights out. <laughs> Back up. No, nothing to see here. I'm all good to go. Absolutely brilliant. Just a little quick drink and away he goes. Well done, referee. A little bit of overacting, but uh, no prizes. All right, the All Blacks have always protected their brand what the jersey means, so no surprise that halfback Aaron Smith was suspended after his airport toilet shenanigans with a woman who wasn't his partner. Smith was very emotional in his apology. My behaviour is unacceptable and um, if you could respect me and my partner in this situation, I'm just trying to get home to deal with this. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, you can see, obviously, uh, emotional. Yeah, you, but they come they down hard. Them. That's yeah. why I love the All Blacks. Yeah. They just said, exactly the same get out thing. of the team, mate. Go yeah. sort yourself out. And you know, the team would do that. Just so quick, dealt with it, send him home. Well, Unacceptable. Well, we're still waiting for Andrew Fafita's decision, aren't yeah. we? And the All Blacks just say they won't have any... It, that yeah. has caused an absolute commotion in New Zealand. There's opinion piece after column saying, you know, what is the all-black culture coming to? People are so distressed over this sole incident. So yeah. that's why they are the team they are. You've got to look at the positives. It kick-started Sonny Bill's career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
Let's move on, Tony. Anything else happening in the world of sport? Nick Kyrgios, let's go. What could possibly go wrong? Kyrgios. In fact, he's loped to number 14 in the world after winning the Japan Open. This is his third ATP title for the season. He's in terrific form. Uh, could be wrong. He, he looks. He just looks like he may be enjoying tennis yeah. at the moment. Oh, well, there's a secret. There is a secret to this success. In Japan, birthplace of Pokemon. It might be that. Uh, he has got a strength and conditioning coach, Fitzy. Who? Since the US Open, I'm not sure who Stephen it is. Dane? But... <laughs> no, sorry. Since the US Open, and he injured his hip, and he had to withdraw. John McEnroe criticised him. I think the penny might be just slowly starting to drop because he's listened. And uh, he's gone and hired through his agent a strength and conditioning coach. He said he didn't... He, before the US Open, he had not been in a gym for 18 months. Wow. And he's a top 20 wow. tennis player. So talent alone has got him to where he is. But he's doing squats for the first time and it's paying off. And the interesting thing is, from what I understand, while the, uh, the strength and conditioning coach was there, the nickhead was not. There were no nickhead incidents for the entire no. tournament. Perhaps. No. Is that a coincidence or is he starting to get that part of his game? Well, he, it is. Look, he's still great to watch. Yeah, he plays shots others can't. He did do some weird things, uh, like there's shots that people won't. Why would you do the twin? No. He's on the baseline. Oh, it was going out. That ball's out. That so ball, he should have won is, the point. Yeah. And he wins it anyway. He wins it anyway. <laughs> Has he turned the corner? Jury's still out, isn't it? Ask us in February after the Aussie summer. But you, you just love to see him showing signs of maturing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play uh, in Melbourne. I really am. All right, Tiger Woods was due to make his comeback uh, this weekend in California, but he's put it off again, saying he's physically fine, but his game is vulnerable, which is fair enough. I mean, that's my game is always vulnerable. <laughs> he was to have been paired uh, with Phil Mickelson, which would have been a terrific matchup Ooh. once again. You can see there, uh, still need work and refining. Oh, it'd be great to see him playing golf again. Mm. Oh, it would. And, look, the, the ticket sales had skyrocketed. There was a 200% increase in media accreditations. 200%. It's been called the biggest injury comeback in golf history, and we wanted to see him with Phil Mickelson because they've got such a frosty relationship and there's nothing better than watching two guys who don't like each other play 18 holes and try and pretend they get along. And the fact is, with this delay, it's now officially the worst case of Shaggers back <laughs> in medical history. <laughs> <laughs> it's, now, it's broken all the records. He was, the as we mentioned, he was to have been paired with Mickelson, which is why we went through the archives to find this bit of nostalgia from when Tiger was flying and taking on Phil in 2002. Of 34 PGA Tour events, including the 2002 Masters Tournament, the US Open, the American Express World Golf Championship. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Is, I, I can watch that six Funny times. Well. It's just fantastic. Uh, they can't copy each other. For the first half of their careers, Tiger just owned Phil and beat him all the time. And then it swung around like that. So people can't wait to see him at it again. You can say what I like about all these new blokes. That's still where it's at. Yeah, you know? all right. Uh, Hawthorne's Jordan Lewis has won four premierships, so he's a pretty handy AFL player. But he can also putt a bit. Look, at this is, this is today at the AFL uh, golf day. That is... No. Yeah, yeah. Believe it, Fitzy. Believe it. Wow. And doink. The most fascinating thing about that is that there's actually <laughs> at least one player who isn't in Las Vegas at the moment. <laughs> 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 
It's a very small field for the athletes. <laughs> to the brutal world of UFC now, where you have to look just right on your way to the cage. For Brad Pickett, it's all about the hat. Sadly, that was the same for the fan. <laughs> Yoink. Look, where the hat? Oh. Off it comes. You, you couldn't pick a worse pe person in the whole arena. It's a UFC fighter. Correct. You take the UFC fighter on. Obviously, he didn't... What, as it turns out, it was his lucky hat, uh, because this is from the first round. Uh, oh, it, <laughs> yeah, 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 oh. yeah. I think the bloke's trying to find the hat on your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's there. Yeah. There it is. Oh, there, it's there, there. On the there. inside of your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal. Sorry, Keller. Sorry to do that You're to you. You're giving me a warning. Exactly. Coming up, we are joined by an Australian basketball legend, Sydney Kings coach Andrew Gaze, right here. <laughs> Giving his team one final rev up. Let's go! Whittington, nice little move. The only basket is an offensive foul. Basket won't count. Definitely a block. That is a shocker. God damn. It's not even close to being set. Seen a lot of those calls. I think that's a correct call, but we ain't getting that shit down there. That's my problem. Whittington. Those long arms. And the finish as well. Tech foul called on the Kings. Give him plenty of time, face it back up. So Gaze likes the intensity. Brisbane Bullets, what a win for them on the road to silence the Sydney Kings faithful. Yeah, the Kings may have lost their first game of the season, but Australian basketball is richer for having Andrew Gaze on the sideline with the clipboard. He joins us right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good evening. How, how was it? Exciting, exhilarating, fun? You know, it we was, saw a lot um, of emotion. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love it. First and foremost, I'm a fan of the game and it's great to be out there and being able to compete at the highest level again, albeit in a different capacity, a lot more stressful capacity, I, I, yeah. I might add. But... Um, but no, it's, it's, it's good fun and uh, the standard of the competition these days is extraordinary and, and when you've only got eight teams, the, the concentration of talent makes it for a, a tough assignment but uh, looking forward to it. I, I love my guys, love my guys on the team. We, you know, we've got a, a great um, camaraderie that's, that's going on right now. It's a work in progress. We're building it up but... Um, I'm looking forward to the challenges that lie ahead, albeit pretty tough ones. We love it here. We talk about people like Ricky Stewart on the sideline in the NRL games and we talk about AFL coaches, uh, Rod Need, obviously. Uh, you don't mind the interaction either, just the, the one game in. Just have a listen. We saw oh, a bit of no. it there. Just one, just throw it to Come you. Come on now. Come on. It's a, <laughs> this is... I think that's a correct call, but we ain't getting that shit down there. That's my problem. It's heavily lopsided. I'm not saying that's not a foul. Yeah. And there was, no. there was the other one where I saw you behind the umpire just, just sending positive vibes. No, I mean, you sort of, it's a concentration there. I mean, all coaches are involved and in, in, engaged with the, um, the referees and um, it's part of, of just trying to get an understanding of, of how they're going to call games and sometimes you, you, you might feel that it's a little lopsided and you just got to remind them or question, ask them... You did it nicely. ..why uh, certain things are happening down one end and not down the other, but... That's all part of it, and um, and, it's, and like I said, it's great to be back there in the firing line and having to deal with those types of things. Have you modelled yourself on any particular coach? I mean, are you a Phil Jackson man, or do you oh. just ring up Dad? <laughs> I, um, well, my, uh, during the game and before the game, um, I think it was my son or one of my, one of my daughters, he came up to me in a bit of words of advice and said, when in doubt, just think what Grandpa would do. <laughs> 
Well, it's good advice because Grandpa wasn't too bad. Grandpa but, was there too. Yeah, Grandpa nice was there. And uh, but you know, you just got to be your own person. I, I think that sometimes you go into this, and I found it as a player as younger when you're trying it. There's the old man yeah. right there. Him, Rocker him in the Mark Five's cap. Look yeah. Him. He's <laughs> yeah. All right. His eyes. He needs that because his eyes aren't as good as they once were. Mm. But even as a player, when you you know idolised idolised Michael Jordan and and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and when you're young, you try and emulate them, and you can get some good things out of that, but at the end of the day, you've got to be your own person. Yeah. And uh, so so that's what I'm trying to be. I, I have my own personality, and I take inspiration from a lot of different people and a lot of coaches in our league here in Australia do an incredible job, but, uh, yeah, just try to be your own person. Well, that's why we love you, Gazy, because oh, of your no. personality. We oh. saw your passion out, out in the uh, court before, but when you were a younger player, there wasn't much emo emotion there at all. We've got a shot <laughs> of you and the boomers here. <laughs> 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 hey, that was a bit shattered that you couldn't grow a mo like the other boys. <laughs> 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 that was uh, back in 1984, the first Olympic Games, and, and we, were top, we were putting on our mean face trying to scare the opposition. <laughs> That one, so uh, I don't know how whether we pulled it off or not. I don't, I don't think we intimidated too many because of that shot. How old were you there, Gazy? Uh, I was 18, turning 19. Wow. Yeah. So uh, how's the colour, and more importantly, the density? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned being your own man, and part of that is you've never drank, have you? You've, you've never drunk alcohol, and was that a conscious decision? early in life, and have you ever had a tipple, ever? Like, have you ever snuck that one in at the side after a championship win? I've never actually been drunk, but I, I think that um, it probably come more from my parental influences, and, and, and uh, in particular my dad, who's a, he's never drunk. And uh, I guess earlier on in the, those formative years, uh, I always felt that, well, and maybe because of his influence, that if I, if I was to have even a sip then that would destroy my chances of ever being, ever being able to be a, a good basketballer. Mm. So for some reason it was instilled in me and, and there has been the time I've had a sip, you know, someone's after a, a win or someone says try this, but I've never acquired the taste, so to speak. So, uh, But I'm not, I'm not anti-drinking. I mean, I'm, good luck to anyone that wants to have a sip provided they don't do it in excess and do stupid, idiotic things. But um... So if halfway through the season we see you courtside calling up with a goon bag, <laughs> <laughs> the game's not quite things, the, the system hasn't quite <laughs> right. as I would like it. Well, I've been around a whole lot of situations, <laughs> so I've learnt uh, sometimes how to behave like a drunk. Yeah. No, I'm not drunk. There's some, uh, obviously, Josh Powell arrived today yeah. for you because you do need a little bit of that uh, big man stuff, don't you? Yeah, we do. One of the, the big setbacks for us, there's Josh on screen now, but one of the big setbacks for us is that uh, Julian Kazoo, who's one of the stars of the competition, six foot ten, one of the premier big men, he uh, tore his quad uh, bone uh, top the bone last season or part of it, and he's still rehabilitating that. And unfortunately, he hasn't been there. And as such, uh, in that big man department is, is where we've been. Uh, where we can improve. Yep. And certainly when Julian comes back and we have him and Josh working together, it could be a, a real asset to us. But, uh, you know, we just felt that we waited to see how Julian was going to be and we're going to be real patient with him because he's a genuine star and we don't want to damage what he can bring to the table later on in the season. So we're going to be really cautious with him. Uh, but hopefully Josh, who's been in the NBA, he's been around the world, Hopefully he can uh, help us on the boards because in all our pre-season games and, and even in the game against uh, Brisbane, 
we weren't that good on the board. So we need, to, we need some help in that great area. Great to see Brisbane back in the competition. Yes. But as a long-time basketball lover, I still can't get my head around, Gazy, that there's no Melbourne Tigers. Yeah. Looking back, was that a mistake, do you think, to not have them in the comp? Oh, well, I think that's for others to judge. The Melbourne Tigers are still around and I'm still very much a supporter and involved in the Melbourne Tigers. And that, um, you know, it's disappointing because you'd love to see them at the highest level. It's, they're the oldest club in the history of Australia, of, the, uh, of, the, of basketball. Um, so, you know, hopefully one day that, 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 that opportunity may be there in the future. But that's not the case right now. So... Um, we move on and, and the, the good thing is that we do have a league because there's been some times when mm. um, we haven't had, you know, there's been threat of even having a league and I think with what uh, Larry Kesselman, I mean, what he's been able to do, the investment he's in, made into the sport is just uh, phenomenal. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. So uh, we're very grateful for that and hopefully we can build the competition. But one thing we do need, we do need more teams. I, I think eight teams is great. Yep. But I reckon that's the bare minimum. We need to be more tired. Can I say, I want to go back to the Tigers. We've got that vision uh, because oh. you were there, obviously. And, 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 like and the, crowd, roast. the crowd... No, no, the crowd <laughs> loves you. This isn't a celebrity roast. But here's... Uh, you, you see some image, vision of you uh, looking a bit sore. Have we got that vision of uh, Gazy? Oh, getting upstairs and throwing it down. <laughs> there we go. Oh, what there we go. Here he is here, which is terrific. Oh. And the crowd really embraced that look for you. Yes. <laughs> and ironically, that when I got there, I had uh, had to have like six stitches here and eight stitches in the back. So they they did me up, the, did the the mummy thing in the Rick McCosker. Yes, But you know that that was against Brisbane as well. That game. So, uh, but but no, that's they, just one of those things. I'm a bit of a bleeder, so they had to tape me up. <laughs> Norman Gunston style. <laughs> Love to have you here, both in the studio and uh, and Sydney for the King. And I'd love to have catch up uh, more regularly. Let's hope we get a few wins. Absolutely, eh? Andrew Gaze. Coming up, our champ of the week. Welcome back. All right, time for our epic fail. This might actually be three epic fails in one. Uh, Indians uh, pitcher Cody Allen. Look, he hits the dirt. The ball beats the catcher. And for some reason, the batter has a swing, thinks it's a good pitch. Look, it's actually out there. Oh. He swings through. So is that a strike? Yeah, it's a strike. It's a strike. It's a strike. Uh, I didn't know it's hit the dirt. Yeah, correct. Look, oh, gee, that was a good, too good for me. So, time now for our champ of the week. Honestly, this is just plain amazing. Uh, we know uh, Taria Pitt's horrific story. Well, she keeps rewriting the script for what she can achieve. Now, she's finished her first Hawaiian Ironman mm. triathlon. 3.8k swim, 180k ride, 42k run in 14 and a half hours. She was competing that ultra marathon, remember, when fire nearly killed her. That was five years ago. That is nothing short mm. of inspirational. Amazing. Sally, that's where we have to leave you for, uh, for the night. Good night to all of you. Thank you so much for your contributions. Good night to you. Goodbye. Cheers, Beck. <laughs>